Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of Diva Dads, TTC Diva Dads. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. Good. Week. Good. It's Thursday and there's whiskey, so it was good. We're great. I'm great because I got to see two out of the three of you this week. Rodney and Mike both came to pick up masks from the theater company. Not Dana, though. Not Somebody Dana. was left out of that equation. <laughs> that would be me. Good. Do y'all have any theater? Got to get on the ball, Dana. <laughs> I, I know. I'm terrible. Did anyone have rehearsals? Watch any theater? Do any theater this week? Yeah, I had uh, dance rehearsals. Uh, <laughs> dance rehearsals yeah it was amazing rodney wasn't it rodney actually texted me in the middle of it going are you even doing any what are you doing all i saw was was his like still shot like not even his fake like i'm paying attention in the chair zoom background yeah you could have done that at least but no he just had his still shot which i think was about 15 20 pounds ago <laughs> Uh, more like 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone hit the thing actually said like, oh my God, what picture is that, Dana? <laughs> so y'all had choreography rehearsal before Tuck Everlasting. Yes. Yes. We also were running simultaneously music rehearsals for It Should Have Been You, which is our next show. Yeah. Yeah. I have to choose, I have to choose which rehearsal to go to on Friday. Uh, I'll, I'll update you on that later. <laughs> okay. You're going to go to Tuck. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, you're going to go to Tuck. Um, but, so first things first, um, we have our, our drinks in hand, and Rodney has something special he's about to prepare. Oh, yes. Okay, so I was thinking that we need to have, you know, more segments. So, on uh, is going to be Rodney's week. So, <laughs> so we have to, uh, I'm not, I'm not a, um, not a bartender, but uh, you're not a mixologist. <laughs> no, I'm not. So, uh, but I, you know, I figure I ought to look the part. Okay. So everybody, see me all right here. I need to just hammer <laughs> a little bit. No, you're good. You look. Oh, perfect. we can see you. Oh, yeah, right. we, <laughs> so, see all of you. What we're we gonna make? What we're we gonna make today? Uh, since it's whiskey, we're gonna use makers. But we're gonna make a bourbon. Uh, punch bourbon milk punch so i've got um i went and bought some stuff specs today so I to make this you're going to need some bourbon it doesn't have to be the top shelf stuff you know if you want to uh if you're going to make cocktails you probably stay about middle middle grade right mike i was going to say you know if you, if you want the top grade stuff right. you gotta go to daddy mike okay all right so um i believe no. you need uh, what you know, you're okay with that right all right, so um, first you need ice in your thing. So I got some ice. Yep. And I find myself more of an artist than a uh, um, scientist. All right, so uh, you're going to start off with an ounce and a half of uh, bourbon here. Yep. And uh, then you need simple syrup. It's simple because it's just one part sugar and one part water until it's all mixed up. So uh, you're gonna go about an ounce of that. That's probably too much. We don't want it to be too sweet. And then you're gonna need 
some cream, about three ounces. Okay, so this is just milk. Is this this is an alcoholic drink, right? I just put the bourbon in there, man. And cream. Yeah. It's okay. Good, dude. Okay, so this is vanilla. Now this vanilla. You tell us it's amazing, right? <laughs> this vanilla has a TTC connection because this vanilla was made by Jacob Smith. Who knew? Oh, cool. Yeah, who knew? Y'all don't sound very impressed. You know, um, I don't like milk in my drinks. <laughs> I just realized that I kept my um, my glass inside the shaker, so I'm not gonna be able to shake it. But anyway, it's all good. Like I said, more of an artist than a mixologist. Just put a little bit of vanilla, it goes a long way. Then you're supposed to shake it, and my shaker's broken because I didn't put the, uh, take the glass out. <laughs> And then uh, you strain it into a highball, a lowball glass with a little bit of ice. Why are you straining it then if you got to put more ice in it? I don't know. It's what the direction said, Adrian. <laughs> Garnish with a little bit of cinnamon. <laughs> this is incredible. It's supposed to be fresh ground, but I ain't that fancy. And there you go. Yay. Bourbon milk punch. I'm not drinking that. How is it? It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never right. know the truth. <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. Thank you. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Oh, I mean, I, I'm excited about this regularly scheduled program of, of fresh made cocktails every week. Craft cocktails, guys. Yes. Um, <laughs> we should talk about a couple of exciting things that happened in the world of Broadway this week. Um, well, actually, there's some like, good news and bad news. So Broadway, the, the shutdown is being extended till at least Labor Day, which is a bummer. And a lot of shows aren't Ooh. reopening, which is really sad. Um, and one that was announced today is Frozen. Frozen's not reopening. It's really sad. Um, on the bright side, that means it'll hopefully be touring sooner rather than later. That's exciting. Um, but the other thing, uh, who wants to talk about what's happening on Disney Plus? No one I'm not going to give up my shot. You seem pretty. <laughs> I, I don't know. Any, I've never heard a tune from it ever. So but everyone Hamilton. talks about it. So Hamilton. I got to see it. Never heard a tune from it. You must not who's, have who's a Hamilton? daughter in it? your house. Who's seen it? Rodney saw it. Yes. I haven't seen it a year ago. Broadway, no. Um, well, it's freaking amazing. And on July 3rd, Disney Plus is going to show it. So you, everyone gets to see Hamilton with all of its original cast. Last, yeah. yeah, with the exception of some ensemble members who actually, hell in the tea, some ensemble members who were part of the original production were not in that version that was filmed. And they were not happy about being uninvited, Let's not included. Um, the hmm. other exciting news that I didn't know we were excited about, but according to Dana, we should be really excited about the fact that season four of Riverdale just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on Netflix. I'm stoked. I was right along with you, Adrian. Great. I, I told Dana, <laughs> you know, you don't have to die on that hill alone because Taylor Christensen will be there with you watching that. So oh. I had told you guys this, but did not expect it to end up in the show. Appreciate that. You're so welcome. <laughs> I was getting all excited when you were talking because I thought you were going to talk about Cats this weekend streaming. That makes me happy every day. So are you guys excited about seeing Cats? 
I've seen it once, and time. but I don't I don't understand it. I think I need to not be drinking when I see it the next time. Oh no, be drinking. You'll oh, <laughs> drink more. Okay. Now I say that as someone who drink grew up with cats, and it. I'm glad that you mentioned this because my mother, who um, apparently loved the show, episode one, hey Terry, uh, but the only thing she actually had to say about it was why didn't you tell them about the fact that we started your love of Broadway by taking you to see Cats when you were four years old. So this is me saying, thanks mom and dad for taking me <laughs> to a show that apparently I wasn't supposed to, I was too young, but they didn't <laughs> want to, like the ushers didn't want to let me in, but they lied about my age at four. <laughs> Awesome. So I could see cats. And that was it. Um, so I've been obsessed with that show since I was four. Uh, Katie Mitchell, one of my best friends who lives in New York, actually tagged me in the post that, hey, cats is going to be streaming. And on one hand, I was like, yay, more people get to see cats. But on the other hand, I'm like, I own it on DVD and VHS. So I'm good. Awesome. I don't need you. And which, um, Did she get a point for that? that? Yeah, that's fine. I'll yeah, take Do you get a point for that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll Which take nine points for my nine lives. Which cats? It's the one from 90 whatever. Yeah, with Ken Page and Elaine Page. Elaine and Page, yeah. Just so if this makes you feel any better, the guy that plays Rum Tum Tugger in this version is a full-on David Bowie like ripoff in the most fabulous way. He's amazing. So you should watch it. What is a Rum Tum Tugger? Man. That was my question. I can't explain these things to you. No, it's fantastic though. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. It was great. I think it might be a cat, but I'm just going to go out on a limb. Yay, deductive reasoning. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, yep. So have you guys seen Cats the movie? The, the, the debacle that, so I did. And, and was it really a debacle? Oh, uh, my expectations were like a debacle. It was a debacle. I, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I was laughing. I was scared. There were so many things wrong with it. I mean, I still recommend everyone watch it, but oof, oof, that was rough. All right, what's next? Uh, a friend of, our, of ours and choreographer of the theater had an important announcement this week, and we'd like to share that with you guys right now. Oops, I... Congratulations. Congratulations. She does not look like she's having a baby, guys. She no. Like <laughs> no. Well, and I was surprised when I saw the video that we had the blessing of Miss Adrian Dobson and Amanda. Amanda. Yes, thank you. And Amanda. Yeah. I'm yeah, so stoked. Um, slightly broke out of quarantine, but it was just the three of us and we stayed. Y'all look distanced. We were well distanced in the middle of the, <laughs> an empty street in downtown Bryan and then on the top of a parking garage. <laughs> awesome. Nice. She's having a baby. Um, then we have one edit, I guess, from last week. Um, so 
you know, one of the things that, that we all talked about is these moments on stage where you really, really mess up and you think, oh, I'm the worst. I'm never going to go back on stage again. Um, and it was brought to my attention um, because I brought it to our attention. And then these guys were like, yeah, we weren't going to say anything. But the stories that I told were not what we were asking for. So I have two, but I'm just going to tell you one right now. So I'm actually really good at not breaking on stage. Like I can, I can keep it together. And I've been on stage with some Looney Tunes and I can keep it together. But there was one moment, and this was, again, a long time ago, 10 years ago, but I know it wasn't 10 years ago. We were doing how to succeed in business without really trying. And I was in the dancing ensemble with my friend and coworker, Amanda Van Roy, who's now Amanda Morrissey. Who, she met her husband, Chad, at the theater, which is super cool. I brought him there. Um, she and I were playing cleaning ladies in this one transition scene. Um, you know, the guy and his boss have this big dance and then we're supposed to come in and just clean up the office before the scene, the show moves on. We just stupid transition scene. We had disgusting gray wigs on. We were smoking fake cigarettes and just, you know, being obnoxious. Um, but in the front row was our friend, Rhody Miller. And so we're saying our lines and I don't remember whose line it was, but Rhodey could not stop laughing at us. He was in the front row and we're right in front of him and he just starts laughing. And he laughed so hard that we couldn't hear each other speak, but we were both waiting for the next line. And so she and I literally just turn and stare at each other, cigarettes hanging out of our mouths and wait because neither one of us <laughs> was going to admit that we were wrong <laughs> or that we had missed a line. We were just waiting for our cue line. And so we sure did stare at each other until we could not stop. We started laughing because Rhodey wouldn't shut up. Um, and then we, we completely lost it. We just giggled our way, got through the lines and, and hauled off stage because we just completely blew it. Completely blew it. That was really embarrassing. And in fact, I'll have to find it, but Alan Bryant caught the moment when we lost it. Like he caught the moment of us oh, that's amazing. staring at each other, trying to figure out how to get out of this super awkward moment. So. <laughs> Amazing. Crazy. Um, all right, we're moving right along. We have another segment that we're going to introduce called the Roger Pine Breakdown. And Roger has, um, who is a former board president, frequent TTC performer, has something in common with the three of you. That being that you guys don't have like a huge wealth of knowledge when it comes to musical theater, history, shows, whatever, right? That's right. So however right. you guys feel, <laughs> however you guys feel about your knowledge, Roger's worse. I guarantee you, he's worse. So what we've done is um, basically every week, I'm gonna give him a show that he may or may not have any awareness of. And our challenge to him is to basically describe the plot of that show. So I give you guys this week's Roger Pine breakdown. My assignment here is, let's see here, Into the Woods. Okay, I know this one. I have seen this one at the theater company. Stephen Sondheim show. It's got a baker in it and a Cinderella's in it and Jack and the Beanstalk. And it's got that great song where he's like, there are great big towering giants in the sky. Great show. I loved seeing it at theater company. I know we've done it multiple times. Yeah, too easy. Give me a hard one next time. So he called you out a little bit there, uh, Adrian, didn't he? Thinking you'd catch him? 
I did tell him I was going to give him kind of a softball on this first round. Um, I didn't want to embarrass him too much, but he did okay. But despite the fact that he has seen the show, he didn't exactly tell us anything about what happens in the show. Um, yeah. It was, and was Cinderella in the show? She was in the show. <laughs> okay, then that's my fault. Have you seen the show? I've seen the show, no. but I just, I know there was lots of characters, but I couldn't remember Cinderella, but all right, I'm with you. I mean, that's fair. Some people in the show might not be able to tell you what actually happens. In the show. <laughs> on time. On the contrary, on the contrary, I thought it was actually pretty genius. And I thought that anybody who hadn't seen that show probably could save their money based on that clip and the rich tones from Pine. I mean, yes, I just, I have goosebumps. We were blessed with a little bit of Pine performance, so that's pretty, pretty <laughs> great. So, perfect. Thanks, Roger. Thank you, Roger Pine. All right. Uh, we're, our next segment is our guests of the week, which we've let you all know who that was, and that is uh, Brandon Kemp and Carrie Kemp. They should be joining us very shortly. Yay! Maybe. If you guys don't know who Brandon and Carrie are, they're they arrived actually a year before they started performing with us. Carrie's first show was um, Rock of Ages. Yay. Um, Yay! Thanks to, oh my gosh, we're bringing it back to her again, but Christy Petty convinced Carrie to audition. Bringing it all to us. And how did uh, Christy and Carrie meet? So Carrie worked at the village and oh, yay, okay. there they are. There they are. Hey. I'm telling hey, guys. you. So Christy knew that Carrie performed and we were in the middle of Rock of Ages auditions. And I remember Christy posting on Facebook to someone I didn't know that says, hey, you're in luck. They're, they need more people. There's one more night. Get there. And I was like, okay, great. She's sending more people. We've already got too many people. What in the world? And then um, Carrie gets there and then she sings. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. She's staying. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hi. <laughs> How are y'all doing? Can you turn your audio up just a shade? Yeah. There you go. How's that? Can you hear us both? Is that better? That's better. Okay. Better. Cool. Let us know if we can. Welcome. How was your day? It was just another day. Yeah. Uh, but we were both really excited about joining tonight. So yeah. this is the good part of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're extremely excited to have you, uh, and you should be very honored that you're the very first guest that we've had on our show. Um, yeah, point. For <laughs> uh, so. I mean, I have to drink now. Yes, yes. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> what are you? What are you having there? Yeah. So I have a uh, rosé in a glass that says my name. Oh, very nice. Nice. And from the uh, north of the North American region, a nice Canada dry. Ah, yes. Canada dry. Drill. Very nice. All right, guys, we're going to start with a really hardball question. We don't, okay. we don't pull punches, okay? So these, all of these have been fielded from, uh, from your fans on Facebook. And the first one comes from Miss Paige Perone, who was in Matilda with you, Miss Carrie. And she wants to know, what are your favorite colors? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, first of all, tell Paige that I love her or I'll just tell her because I love her so much. Um, I mean, she's probably gonna watch. Be, oh, Paige, you're a queen. <laughs> um, 
My favorite color is probably green, if not black. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That was an honest answer. Yeah. It always comes back to black. Thanks, Amy Winehouse. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our, our newlywed friend, uh, Catherine, Catherine Thomas, has asked a question of you two together. How do you handle the stress of tech week when you're in a show with your spouse? And how many instruments can you play between the two of you? Oh, should we answer the second one first? Yeah, because it's more like yeah. easy to answer. Can get into it. <laughs> okay, so I am a jack of all trades, master of none, but better they say than a master of one, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's how that goes. I, uh, but I do play a lot of instruments. There was a phase in my life in like high school where it was like any instrument that I came into contact with, I wanted to know how to play it. I wanted to know how to do something on it. So it's hard to count how many instruments I actually do know how to play. But banjo is up there with one of the more interesting ones. Um, Upright bass, bowed upright bass that I played in a in a chamber orchestra in in high school. So if you had to give like a count, which is what they asked. Ten for. plus. Okay. <laughs> and, and I say that I can play guitar, bass, and piano. That's it. Would you? Would it be safe to say you might play twenty instruments between the two of you? Sure. Let's yeah. Because I I can like an extra eight. Yeah. Yeah, we'll make it work. If you need to have 20, we'll give you 20, you know, Fantastic. give us some time, but we'll make it work. Right, yeah. Okay, now the tech week. Oh, okay. I guess. Well, okay, to lead you into this, can you guys tell us about the shows that you've done at the theater company and basically those tech weeks? Because that's what you guys have experienced together with us and that's how we know and love you. Yeah, yeah. So our first show that we did together was Rocky Horror the Third. Um, Brandon was in the pit and I was on stage. And it was really fun the first time because we were like, oh, we get to like go to the theater together. And and it wasn't really like too stressful because that show is very much like, eh, anything goes, like do your Party. stuff right. But like, it's less like pressure because you get to like have fun and like, it's very wild. Um, and then we did Susicle together. And I don't know, I feel like that one was fine too. Yeah. Like still like learning like how to, navigate being a theater couple <laughs> lol <Yeah. laughs> and then what was after that oh well there was i did joseph and then um and then george yeah you did sunday and then neither of us did we did preview which was like a whole other thing yeah, oh, yeah. we were both at preview and then um we came back from wisconsin and did matilda and i feel like that one was our first like <laughs> because I was really stressed out doing that show because it's like a lot of pressure and Brandon was like in the pit and like he had to like you know also be stressed out with like the schedule and stuff so I guess like the best way to like navigate that is just to like be open to forgiveness and you yeah. know not take everything to heart that like your partner might snap at you with you know it's very much like you know what we're in tech week like we're gonna get through this and it's gonna be a lot better <laughs> following you know the and following it, monday it's like a 50 50 split when after each one of those tech rehearsals you you get in the car 
you know both of you and you're going to the same place it's like if you're just going to drive in silence or if you're just going to be like hey do you want to go get some h-e-b sushi or if it's like oh my gosh like i can't believe all this stuff that's yeah. going down and what's happening and it's like you just got to take it all in stride it's like, like all, one of the three yeah yeah you just got to like go with the flow and just be compassionate and understanding yeah yeah so this question is from uh adrian rao president of the theater company what made you guys decide to stay in the bcs area well um <laughs> the the broad answer is ttc yeah without a doubt tea. because tell the tea girl tell, tell that tea tell girl. that tea tell that tea tell it <laughs> so it's absolutely TTC. We definitely felt as though we weren't finished yet with our contribution and our involvement with the theater, the community, and just the people, like the friendships we had made, you know, they felt so strong, but also so new, and we wanted them to develop and grow and see a reflection of that in ourselves, you know, because yeah. we were just, we're just about to be married, and we're, you know, I graduated school, so it's like, what is this next phase of life? And like, if you have the ability to write that for yourself, you know, you want to make the right choices. And it came down to it where we were like 10 days away from literally packing up everything and moving to Wisconsin. I had a job lined up and everything, but then we were just, you know, we yeah. just looked at each other and we're like, we can't leave yet. It's just not right. We never really like stopped and, and thought about it for a minute. Like, do we actually need to be moving right now? And after we did preview and it was like so heart-wrenching and and everyone was so nice and they were like, we're going to miss you. And it was just like, maybe this isn't the right time to move on. So we like thought about it, talked to a lot of people and we're like, this needs to be postponed. The movie needs to be postponed and we're in it to win it now to be here. So, so. That leads to Shannon Van Zant's question, board member, costumer, theater mom. Um, and I want you guys to give a little background to this. Um, she wants to know about your two weddings and why you had two weddings. But before that, we, I guess to clarify that you guys moved down here for Brandon's school, right? Right. And the plan was for you guys to kind of get through that and then go back to Wisconsin. Yeah. But you right just away. realized that was not gonna happen. <laughs> So we met um, at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Brandon was a guitar major. I was a voice major. And the rest is history. <laughs> um, so then we came down here. And at first, like, we really had, like, no connections with anyone. It was just the two of us. And then I started working at Village, and things started getting easier. Um, but we still missed home a lot because it's a lot different, the even just the culture down here from, like, up north. And we were like, this is not our space. Like, we don't have like a home here. And then when I started doing theater, like that all changed. Um, so like, that's the background. Um, but we had two weddings, which was- Which you, I want to say like, you were not into the idea of two no, weddings. No, I did not want to have two weddings. It was very <laughs> stressful. Yes. But I told Brandon- how did he convince you? <laughs> what was that? How did he convince you? Oh, he was like, I'll do all the work and you don't have to do anything. You just show up. And I was like, yes. And the drag. But we wanted, to, yeah. Yes. We wanted to have a special celebration with our Texas um, friends and now family um, because a lot of people down here couldn't make it to the Wisconsin one. And it was kind of like a big going away party because yeah. we all thought that but we were. We thought. 
leaving. Yeah. Um, so that's why we had the Texas wedding because we wanted to like thank and celebrate our Texas relationships and, and just celebrate with everyone instead of just being like, okay, bye. See you later. You know? Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I heard you guys mentioning Christy Petty as maybe like a, you know, start to this whole relationship with the yeah. Peter Carey. And one thing that really, really struck me about the, uh, the, the Texas wedding, aside from just being a really beautiful moment to, to celebrate and to share with everybody, was, well, Christy's speech was just overall iconic. Oh my gosh. The dazzle jeans. I mean, yeah, that's just an unforgettable quote. Um, so I'd love to hear. If you run into Christy Petty at the village, ask her about bedazzled jeans. It's a great story that makes it's a great no story, sense. iconic speech. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the thing that I thought about so, so much, especially when we were considering um, not moving back to Milwaukee, was Christy had, had said, you know, the importance of, you know, people being involved in community and, and just doing the things that you do. Um, she highlighted the fact that Carrie sort of bridged a gap between the community at the village and the community at the theater. And I want to reemphasize, like, Carrie did that, you know? Like, she was very clear about it, too, that it just sometimes takes one person to just be, you know, to be a member serving different communities in different ways. But in a broader sense, like, you just make such a deeper connection with so many people you know, at one moment. And it's, I don't know, but I mean, I really thought about that so, so much that it was literally a bridging of two communities together. That was all Carrie's work by being an employee and, you know, by being in the theater. So super, super inspirational stuff. And we're so glad. Very humbly. So all right, what's next? Oh, good girl, Kiki Palmer, AKA oh. Keith Owen. Mm -hmm. He would like to know what your um, dream roles are, musical theater. See, I saw him post that and I was like, because I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's hard. Because, like, years. I don't know. It's hard because I'm very much a person who likes to have like realistic expectations, especially like in terms of like me, like where I am right now on my musical journey and like my character type. So like, I don't like to fantasize too much because like, I don't want to get my hopes crushed um but if we're just being honest and like in a dream world dream you know reality where i can dance i would just love to be either roxy or velma in chicago i feel like yes or um mrs lovett in sweeney todd later in life mm. that's mm. like ultimate number one icon brandon what that's about true. you and speaking of we i hadn't seen sweeney todd until couple like last month or something we watched the the tim burton johnny depp version oh. and then i thought to myself i was like okay yeah like that's a character i would play later in life kind of a similar thing yeah um it's very much our goth aesthetic yes like <laughs> I mean, are we not in costume like was not not the <laughs> so uh, other dream roles of mine um frank dr frankenfurter from uh, we'll get to that we'll get to that i Ooh, okay, <laughs> but no, that was that was a huge breakthrough moment for me in musical theater. Um, there are a couple shows for me where it's like, you know, it was really a defining moment of wow, there is something for me in this art form where I can, you know, I feel identified and I feel like I can identify with what's happening, 
um, having seen Les Mis and Fiddler on the Roof and other ones that are classics, of course. But as a kid, you're just like, oh, like nice. another song. And it can be a little bit annoying in that sense. But to me, uh, I would definitely say, you know, Dr. Frankenfurter is a dream role of mine um, because of the way that, you know, he just connects in such different ways to different audiences. So that brings up a question. Um, your first shows with Rocky Three together. And of course, I think all of us had the ability one night, uh, Brandon, you actually played understudy to Tyler Lewis for Dr. Frankenfurter. And um, Tyler missed a practice one night and you stepped right in and just blew us all away. So tell us not to take away anything from Tyler. Of course, he is amazing. But yeah. what would you do? How would you play Dr. Frankenfurter? What would be different about your Frankenfurter? Which is mm. also something Shannon Van Zant wanted to know. Yeah, perfect. Um, ooh, what would be different? You know, we watched Rocky this fall during the production um, for the latest one. And in my mind, I had created this Frank, you know, thinking about the character and how I would portray it and everything. I had created this Frank who was a little bit more dark and vicious than the, the interpretation of Tim Curry on screen. His was a little bit more bubbly and, and flouncy and he really wanted to be the Queen of England even though he looked nothing like it Perfect you know <laughs> so and i think that's beautiful and fascinating and we owe a lot of stuff to tim curry as well as we do tyler lewis yeah oh my god um but i think you know to throw another like a similar character out there um frank blue frank booth from blue velvet is an inspiration of mine for like the type of character that frank would play or frank would be i guess just very just head-on darkness and and intensity but there's, I would hope that to the audience, there's this sense of like, this guy's completely lost it. Like he's lost on his mind, man. So that, you know, and that's like, I don't know how to do that as an actor because I consider myself a musician, you know, how you would do that to an audience is like, I have no idea, but that's my answer is like this guy I who's in it's a train wreck. I'm sorry. I think you, you know, I said, I think, you know, I said, but that is also one of my favorite things about doing Rocky Horror every year is that even when Tyler played Dr. Frankenfurter in two back-to-back -back pr productions, you know, one year after the next, it was two completely different shows. And we've now yes. done it again four times at the theater. And every time we do it, we've had three different Frankenfurters and it's a totally different show. And I don't know if everybody knows this, but the conversation Brandon and I had after this past year of Rocky Horror auditions is that, hey, um, you know, we wanted to be able to use Brandon as the understudy, but also we said that it was Rocky, it was Dr. Frank boot camp, I think is what I said, yeah. with the goal being that when we do it this coming fall, Brandon's your doctor. Nice. So, nice. you know, obviously we still have to get the rights to the show and like, you know, right. be able to have shows and audiences, but that's yeah. the plan, man. And I'm looking forward to it so much. Me too. Same. Yeah, it's just been honestly like a overarching like goal and kind of like, you know, thing of like I equal parts like pat myself on the back because like, hey, I did that. You know, I, I have to say I watched the auditions for Rocky 3 and I'm listening to these, you know, hearing these Rocky Horror songs again and like getting acquainted with Frank again. And I'm thinking I would love to do that someday. But at that point, I was like, whoa, 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 way far <laughs> off. So for a year later to be an understudy, like performing that role in a rehearsal setting was 
like dreams come true. So this is like another year of that same, you know, progress and growth. Oh. I want to go to Sarah Black's question because this is short and sweet. Where do I watch the rest of Drag Race? Oh, girl, I wish I knew. <laughs> um, I, I have searched high and low, but I guess you just have to have like cable, like, and get on demand and like record that and like watch it later because like it ain't nowhere to be found. Like only up until like season six is on Hulu, Hulu. and then they only have two seasons of Drag Race Superstars or no, wow, All, All Stars. Stars. Big thing. And I just need more. I need to see now all of the rest. Um, so if you let me, or if you figure it out, let me know because I need. I don't Rodney. know. I need Rodney to ask the next question. In okay, so Shannon Van Zant wants to know a lot about you people. She she just pelted us with questions. <laughs> this one, Brandon, uh, she wants you to talk about your decision to master in performance studies. And then for Carrie, she wants us to uh, tell us and really wants us, wants you to demonstrate for us your vocal range. Oh, God. Well, you'll, you'll start. I'll start. Um, so, you know, the story of my education is really um, weird and strange. Um, basically, you know, when I was graduating high school, I'm thinking, okay, I do want to go to college because I think that's just the thing that people are supposed to do, but I have no idea what I'm going to do. And <laughs> as soon as I found out that you could major in guitar, it was like a, I was like, whoa, man, you can do that. So I found, you know, I auditioned at a couple of schools and I found the right place. And it happened to be one of the most incredible, amazing experiences in my life to study with the professor that I did at, in, in Milwaukee. Um, going through that degree, you know, I'm thinking, all right, cool, like I could go with this. I could be a concert classical guitarist and have this be my career, you know, be a professor and teach it, um, which led me to meeting the a former professor um, from A&M who told me about the performance studies program that they were kind of, re, you know, rebooting, they were bringing back to the school. Um, and I was like, cool, yeah, more performance, right? Like performance that's what this is all about but once i got there like got accepted got to the school they were like yeah this is a this is a research degree mm -hmm. uh you if you play guitar that's cool that's really great but this is a research degree and i was like oh but it happened to be just the best thing that could have happened you know because more of the same like yeah just get really good at this instrument may not have been as good for me as learning this you know all this crazy stuff about musical culture and society was in this performance studies degree. So, you know, I was really just like dead set on getting a lot of education. Uh, as soon as I got that master's degree though, I was like, nope, I'm done with school. It was 20 <laughs> straight years of my life. I'm 24, I started school when I was four and I am just now learning what it's like to be not in school, so. <laughs> congratulations, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, congrats. But now you're like teaching, right? You're teaching, so you're, you haven't left school, you've just moved to a different part of school. That's right. And I still have an aspiration to return to school and do a PhD and hopefully be a professor of some sort in some place. But for now, I'm at the School of Rock and I'm really, really happy to be there. I feel like I can apply everything of what I've learned to, to my lessons with those students. Can I see? Brandon, you... Oh, I, I was Brandon, you're, you're, about School of Rock. I'm sorry, go ahead, Aiden. I just want to ask about School of Rock. So I, I was seeing on Instagram the other day, that they had Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins actually 
talking to the kids. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just, you know, in, in the sense that everybody is figuring out um, from everything that's close to us, you know, the village is figuring out how to operate in these times. The, the theater, School of Rock, I mean, they have like 290 some locations across the world. So they have a bigger project, but maybe, you know, some more ideas and more connections. But basically with that, they're just giving all of their students the opportunity to sit in on these artist masterclasses with anybody from, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins to Steve Vai to, there's a bunch of like up and coming indie bands that they've yeah, been able to sit like down. Really cool. It's just a great way for the kids to stay engaged. Yeah, Steve Vai, man, pretty wild. Amazing. Sorry, Mike, your turn. <laughs> oh no, no, I was just gonna brag on Brandon. I mean, he's an amazing teacher. I've never picked up a guitar in my life and had to play about seven chords for Mamma Mia uh, to play my part. Uh, Harry and three chords. Well, Dana, you get a point too. And Brandon just sat down and I mean, just showed me in about a matter of 30 minutes, I was able to actually look like I could play the guitar on stage. So I asked Dana first, by the way, but Dana had a, a lead dad role and didn't have time. <laughs> oh my goodness. No. Just saying. Eva Byrne. Eva Byrne. Oh, Bird. Bird. Is that a new thing that we're going to tell? Diva Bird. Yep. <laughs> Do we have to make a new song? Well, we got to make a new song now. Uh. <laughs> this is going to be like okay. Bird. So, um, Carrie, you are not off the hook about your vocal range, so we'll come back to that in just a minute. <laughs> so, um, but we do have a, uh, a question from, uh, from, from Donna. No, it's actually <laughs> Cynthia Bradford. But uh, she played Donna in uh, Mamma Mia. Uh, she wants to know what songs are on repeat on y'all's playlist. Oh, that's so easy. Okay, so number one definitely would be God as a Woman by Ariana Grande. I think it's such an amazing song. It's such like a female empowerment song and it's so good. And like Ariana is like one of the best vocalists of my generation, I feel like, like in terms of like my age group, but like not like of all time, obviously, because that would be... Beyonce or Jennifer Hudson easily so going to Beyonce then I would say most of her songs off her album Lemonade um off her album with Jay-Z like all of like the most amazing like female divas like all of their songs on my playlist Perfect. and that's my tea <laughs> all that tea all that tea how about you Brand? so um I've kind of transitioned to like a, I, I like to build playlists based off of whatever music streaming services. They tell me like, here's some songs you might like. And then I'll take the best of that and bring it into a new playlist. And I just play that thing to death. Um, so it's, it's really, I don't have any fun answers um, because I don't know even the names of the songs. They're just on while I drive and while I like do stuff around the house. Um, so you'd think I'd have a better answer. Uh, but I don't. Um, the playlist, though, the, my most recent one is called I Hate the Electric Guitar. Um, because <laughs> I like to think that I have a decent sense of humor. Um, but I only know about the playlist. So. But speaking of you playing guitar, um, if you guys, if our viewers don't know, Brandon is responsible for not only the Diva Dads theme song, but the Dads After Dark theme song and the mood music that's going to be playing as we transition into Dads After Dark. Yes. Amazing. Thank you, Brandon. Brandon is one of those people that like 
you'll be like, hey, like I'm, I need like music for this kind of thing. I kind of want to sound like this. And then you sing like me, and then like he'll like play exactly what you were saying or singing on the guitar. And it's sometimes really irritating, but it's also kind of a cool party trick. Oh, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, he made a, he made a really cool, like he kind of saved my tush because I told this seventh grade girl that she could play uh, a piece on my, uh, my Bronco TV that I do at school. And it was kind of what you would expect from a seventh grade person playing their instrument. And I was like, Brandon, you got to make this cool, man, because I don't <laughs> want this girl to be like, she put herself out there and I, I want you to make it as cool as possible. And he totally made it awesome. So thank you, Brandon. I appreciate you coming through in a bench for that. Absolutely. That was a lot of fun. I forgot about that one. <laughs> can we circle back to Carrie? Yeah. I can tell you what notes are in my range, if you want, like my yeah. octaves. I would rather not have to sing all of that. Whatever makes you happy. Um, so I can sing, again, like the bottom and top note are kind of like my, like, cut off so I can like kind of sing it but I'm going to count it because I want to say that I have a three octave range so I can sing a C3 sing that C up into C3. a C6 sing that C C4 C5 Nailed it. Mariah Carey with the bone but that's pretty much my cutoff so like I'm a true mezzo and that like, I'm not really a soprano or an alto. So I like to sing whatever I want. And the also Brandon Bravo for demonstrating his perfect pitch. Yeah, it's really <laughs> so amazing to have a husband with perfect pitch. So I could always be like, what's this? What's this note? Sing me this. Or if nice. she randomly starts singing around the house or to rem like reminisce in something and it's acapella, I'll be like, come on, right key. The problem is I can't sing if it's in a different key. Like my, it's just all thrown off for me. I don't know. Anyway, I digress. That was really nice. You did great. <laughs> so, um, we were talking about playlists and songs, and we know that there is a song in your repertoire that uh, is is got some questions in it and Jessica Lemons and Brittany Green who's about to celebrate a birthday want to know why there are so many songs about rainbows and then what's on the other side oh god <laughs> oh, oh boy where to begin with that and Can you know you Britmas is coming up so tomorrow. well it's actually when this drops it will be Britmas Britmas so happy Britmas and everyone happy Britmas happy Britmas Brandon, however you answer this question, I would like you to do it as Kermit, please. You know, that's, yeah, thank you. I was thinking about that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I think, um, well, <laughs> I just seem to think that, uh, you know, songs about rainbows are relatable a little bit. And uh, if you've got a song in your heart and it uh, can make millions of people happy <laughs> then there's a uh, no reason not to do it <laughs> beautiful <laughs> sorry can't talk 
all the silent, oh, silent oh, That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. That is um, so fantastic. <laughs> all right. So um, if people don't know, we recently announced the cast of It Should Have Been You, which is actually going to feature. We talked about Rodney. This isn't about you, Rod. This is about Carrie. What? Um, Carrie's going to be playing the maid of honor. Um, but so we have two questions from your, your, your one um, bride, uh, the, the bride, Camilla Busselberg. Uh, and then we also have a question from her sister, Kelsey Coleman. Uh, Camilla would like to know, what is a TV show, show that you do not recommend? Like, don't, don't try it. God, don't even get me started. You can, but you can say it. <laughs> I give you permission. Just the one, okay. the most offensive. Do no. not okay. say well, then not yeah, Okay, sorry. Don't right. say Eva Dads. <laughs> I would never. I would never. Um, goodness gracious. I would have to say anything in the realm of 13 Reasons Why, that show on Netflix oh. that's like really heinous and glorifies sad mental health problems. Um, or like, as much as I love to watch, just to hate it, like Riverdale, like <laughs> the escape is there, but girl. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Yes. You could just take one. Oh my God. That does not count. <laughs> girl, I'm so sorry, but like that script, what is happening? <laughs> I, okay, we need anyone watching to know that this was not planned. But Carrie, there was there's, there's this, well, there's yes because there's this message exchange where we're discussing the outline and what questions we're going to ask, and we mentioned the fact that oh my gosh, there was this big Hamilton announcement. Uh, we need to discuss Hamilton, and Dana says, oh yeah, and season four of Riverdale is dro dropping. Oh God, cricket, Dana, cricket. I'm so sorry, cricket. I had no idea. You were Hold on, one second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what Mike and, and Rodney and I had to say about it? Can you guys see this right here? It says right uh -oh. here. Also, season four <laughs> Riverdale just dropped on Netflix. You know what? I've been told that I'm a psychic. <laughs> and now you I'm are, girl. You are. But Dana, nobody cares. Dana, I'm so sorry, girl, but those musical theater episodes, like, you like you gotta admit, they're a little cringe. Love that that happened. I love that this just happened. When they did Carrie, which first of all, my name said hello, but like, oh girl, not that, not the script, not the jingle jangle. I'm so sorry. You gotta but, watch out for that jingle jangle. Yeah, girl. I mean, so what did I say first? Uh, 13 Reasons Why. So that one, definitely. Don't watch that. Don't support it. Else. Sorry if you like it. Like, uh -uh. sorry, that's really controversial opinions, apparently. But, Brandon, what's your answer? My answer for a show that you shouldn't watch, um, I got a, I got a controversial one. Oh. Uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't watch Game of Thrones. Okay? <laughs> I watched Game of Thrones. I, I watched Game of Thrones. I started with like the last season. I'm about to mini leaks. Shut my laptop. <laughs> But like, it's not worth it, friends. Like, there's like better endings to shows that are longer or even shorter. But it's like worth your time. And I just like watched the show, and I was like, this is sad the way that this is ending. Fake fan. But I've never even seen seasons one through seven or how. Well, then you don't get to speak. You don't yeah, get to Because I will not disagree with you. The ending. No, I like the ending. <laughs> but I was all for it. I was burn everything. Sorry, that's a spoiler. Ugh. I mean, no. Brandon, I your opinion on this has been dismissed. <laughs> That's okay. You've been dismissed. This is a great segue into theatrics. Uh, your 
uh, other ma maid of honor should have been you, sister. Uh, you had Camilla, Kelsey Comins, one of them. Oh. Her question is, we all know about Purity, whom no, we all love and adore. What? Our audience doesn't all know about Purity. Who we all love and adore. And you guys, uh, you should see that picture of Miss Purity right now, just killing it. Um, oh, yeah. I, I loved during Rocky looking over there. <laughs> as I'm getting wheeled around very, very uh, jerkily by Carrie, it was, it was fantastic. She had to push me around when I was Dr. Scott, uh, but I could see Purity just shredding over there. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Purity loved is Brandon Strag, alter ego. Yes. Carrie, the question is for you, though, when do we get to meet your alter ego? So I do have an alter ego, but... It's not exactly family friendly. It comes out when I drink whiskey. Her name is Carla. Um, but I don't have a theater alter ego. I guess my theater alter ego is like every character I've played. Or maybe like Ronette because she's a bad, you know what? Sister. She's a bad sister. sister. She likes to slay all day. And I wish I could be like that. Yes. So the answer is I don't know. So maybe at the next after after party, we'll try to bring out, we'll coax out. Oh, Car Carla. Carla. Where what you're asking for? I've met her. Yeah. Oh, you've met Carla. Ooh. I was on the bachelor bachelorette party. I've met Carla. Oof. Carla's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love Carla. She likes to fight and she's violent. So watch out, Dana. <laughs> She'll remember this. All right, we have one last little bitty question before we, we um, segue into something else. Um, this is from another theater company newlywed, Grace Brown. How does Carrie get her lipstick perfect every single time? Oh girl, the answer is simple and it's practice. And I'm tea, girl. Girl, <laughs> you need tea. to go through a long journey of your lipstick looking like a mess and your makeup looking like a mess and then you just get better and better and better and then you look at old pictures and then you remove the tag from it on Facebook because you're like what was I thinking but it's it's mostly like a big long journey of looking really bad and then you get better with practice but when you're doing your lips a girl you gotta have patience especially for like a dark lip like this like you gotta take your time and like make sure your lines are right you can go in there with concealer and clean it up but patience is and that's the tea nice all right, so now, so, you know, the two of you, um, Carrie has been both on stage and off. Um, obviously, she's an incredible performer on stage, off stage. She does makeup. She's helped stage manage. Um, she's been a music director for us. She's currently working on Tuck Everlasting. Um, Brandon, again, has been on stage and off in the pit, and we're just so glad that they decided not to go back up north. We're so glad that we have them. And we wanted to share a little bitty performance for our audience. So you guys have something? You ready? We do. We have a little some some a little okay, mashup sure. of two of our faves. Oh yes. Um, so oh, and just plug your uh, plug your band too. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. So we we uh, actually it was one of the first things we did when we moved to Texas was kind of conceptualize like 
if we were to start a band, what would that sound like? Or like what music, you know, would we be trying to write influenced by all these things? Cause you know, we do share a lot of common ground when it comes to like our musical taste. Um, so, you know, and, and as a musician and a songwriter, like, and knowing how beautiful Carrie's voice is, how would, how could you not want to like write a song and then have her be like, literally sing whatever you want on this, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was like a quarantine activity of ours was to actually start the band and put something out. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of stress. Yeah, it's um, stressful. But, you know, we're hoping that we can still do fun stuff like that. Uh, we can kind of continue with whatever, you know, um, uh, under that name, whatever that might become. Hope, like, especially after this is all over. I'd love to get in, you know, a room with a group of people playing all different instruments and have, like, what they call a band with this yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> so, it, um, that, you know, that's what it is. But it is called Velvet Stitch. If you look up Velvet Stitch on YouTube, you can find an original song and then a cover of a song by Soundgarden called Outshined, which is our kind of dark and mysterious rendition of it. And um, if so you look down in the description, the link to the, well, I forget what the website's called that you guys are on. Oh, it's a Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yeah. Band Velvet Stitch. Come on, Link. Come on, Link in the description. Yes, you got a description, Link, yo. Come on, Link. Come on, Link. Um, I got to make sure my phone doesn't turn off while I'm trying to read the words. Um, <laughs> oh, they've come so. prepared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever we do this, like any of these songs it's always like karaoke so like we have the words right there so like and we got other things to be memorizing like scripts and songs for the theater i hear you are y'all able to hear the guitar is yeah. it too loud too quiet yeah it's good no, it's good perfect perfect come on prepare <clears throat> all right so here's here's our little we won't introduce it we'll just go for it yeah yeah i'm excited okay <laughs> There's such a sad love Deep in your eyes, a kind of pale jewel Open and closed within your eyes I'll place the sky within your eyes There's such a fool heart Beating so fast in search of new dreams Love that will last within your heart I'll place the moon within your heart As the pain seeps through Makes no sense for you Every thrill is gone Wasn't too much fun at all But I'll be there for you as the world falls down, falling. Falling in love. Say my love. 
to hear from you. It's not that I want you not to say, but if you only knew how easy it would be to show me how you feel more than words. It's all you have to do to make it real, and you wouldn't have to say that you love me cause I'd already know what would you do if my heart was torn in two more than words to show you feel that your love for me is real what a special for so many reasons. One, iconic 90s hit, but also it wasn't just in Rock of Ages, which is the first show that you guys joined us, um, but we also sang it to you at your Texas wedding. Oh. <laughs> I have to. Thank you guys. No, for, uh, thank you guys for giving us that. That's amazing. Thank you. So, that song is obviously like a really special memory and I wanna, I wanna transition into something um, as we kind of close out our interview with you guys. Um, I want you guys to think about and tell us about like a, just a, not even just a favorite theater company moment, but just something stands out, something that stands out as being really meaningful, um, something that you'll, you're just gonna remember about why this theater community is different and special. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> well, now I, I know that I now need to compose uh, Diva Dad's Jeopardy waiting theme music. <laughs> because there are, you know, there are going to be questions like this in the future, you know. <laughs> um, do you have anything? Because I need to think. Yeah, okay. So I was joke. thinking about this kind of question coming up. So I'm a little bit more prepared than maybe Brandon was. Cause Good. Um, <laughs> so without getting into like too much of my past tea, cause we don't need to tell that tea girl. <laughs> um, when I moved to Texas, essentially I was like, I'm never performing again. Cause I just had like some really horrible experiences in the past. And I was like, I'm never performing again. That life is over for me. Um, and it took, Christy Petty, like really pulling me literally by my earlobe to get to the theater Thanks, and audition. And I was like shaking. I was so nervous, even though like 
don't know, I feel like you kind of get used to performing when you have to do it for your literal major. <laughs> and I was never one to like be, you know, nervous or anything, but I just remember like singing my audition, being really nervous about it. And then like we had to do a dance call and the people who were there learned the dance the previous day. So like I was already like a step behind. And I just remember, oh gosh, I just remember Adrian being like, what's your name? Okay, everyone say hi to Carrie, make her feel really welcome. And like, you made sure that I was like right in the center so that I could see you. And like, you asked me if I had any questions. And like, honestly, like I was shooketh because I had never had someone like be that welcoming and nice to me. Like, and like not even know me it's because like this performing world like it's really intense and like it's really cutthroat and it's really competitive and I feel like at our theater like it can get like competitive like sure like people want roles and stuff but like everyone is just like at the heart of it it's like everyone's family and like I wouldn't have not moved back to Milwaukee if I hadn't felt that way about this place so like just like every show I've done has been like just so amazing and like life-changing so and that's my answer and i'm gonna cut myself off <laughs> that's beautiful lovely really really beautiful i agree it's, brandon do you, you need know, a second or that just amazing <laughs> i think i i think i can work my way into it there's all like that gif of all the equations going in front of that person's face and she's like charlie day <laughs> it's yeah. me but um i think i can get into it thank you um so you know, that's, that's a really amazing thing about, you know, not only just communities and community theaters, but really particularly all the people that we have here. It's like, you wouldn't want it any other way. You wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And like, you would think like, oh, like, it must be like that for all community theaters. Well, like, no sister, like, I performed in like, lots of community, non-professional theaters. And it's not like this. It's truly not like this, like anywhere I've ever performed before. And like, and not to make things a little bit more self-centered, but I'm thinking about this. Sorry, what did you say, Dana? You're meant to. Oh, points. Okay. This is a serious question. Keep playing. Oh, well, in, in, in that case, um, you know, I really think you are, every person to themselves is the lead role in their own musical of mm -hmm. their own life, right? And then you have all the supporting characters. So like, three dads. when you're a part of the theater, like you're the lead role as, sorry. I was just diva burning the dads, diva what burn. I do. Oh, come on, diva burn. <laughs> diva burn. <laughs> okay. My main thing is uh, I, you know, not to make your accomplishments like my own thing, but literally, I kid you not, seeing you perform my house 11, not 12, but 11 times was just like, I've made so many good decisions in my life. Like there was this, you know, this span of a couple months from, you know, where we decided that we were not gonna move to the first time of me hearing you perform my house during one of the shows. This is Matilda, by the way, Miss Honey has her Miss Honey. Um, it just was, Miss Honey, it was just a beautiful journey. Uh, you know, I remember walking in Milwaukee, we were yet to be married. And, you know, you were really nervous about this show. And I was like, I just had this feeling. I'm like, this is yours. Like, this is going to be a huge moment for you to like step into the role of this character and, you know, just become and just blossom in all these beautiful ways. And to watch that happen through somebody else where it's like, we made these decisions together. We're, bu we're building our lives together. 
like it was just the most satisfying thing that you could experience and you could hope to ever experience again i guess too like that's why we keep doing it that's why we keep coming back to the theater because hopefully you know in the future there's going to be another brandon and carrie that come to the theater and we can be the supporting actors in their little <laughs> musical you know that's what it's all about it's all about like legacy and like continuing things and just being there for those people that's all i gotta say I'd love to hear from the dads and yeah. <laughs> no, I'd love to hear from the dads and, and, you know, the reason why we invited Carrie and Brandon on this is one, they had a very immediate um, contribution to diva dads and what we're doing, but they're also just really important, prominent people in the theater right now. Um, I'd love to hear from the dads, you know, maybe a memory or something about Carrie and Brandon that makes them special to you. I'll start. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to forgive me, uh, Brandon, but uh, Stacy Jacks had a moment with conscience. <laughs> I apologize, but I may or may not have confiscated a set Life garment. Life-changing. In all seriousness, no. Yeah, that was my first interaction with Carrie was, uh, uh, playing with her in uh, Rock of Ages, and she played uh, reporter Constance Tack, and it was just, it was an amazing scene. Um, and I, I really, it was an iconic role. I absolutely yeah. love that show. And, um, and Carrie, you were great. And I just, I love seeing you sing all the time. Brandon, my memory, again, really, I didn't know you too well, but gosh, I mean, you helped me tremendously, Mama Mia, and then just getting to know you over the past six months and a year. I mean, you're just, you're an amazing person and you're just, you're so kind and um, helpful. I mean, you're, it's like you're, you're a selfless person. So that's my memories, guys. <laughs> now you can speak, Dana. Oh, may I speak? Is it, is it my turn now? Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that you were discussing how it's not like that any, everywhere. Um, this place is a little special, a little different. And I don't know if you remember, cause I'm just nobody, but just you and I were in the lobby. You were at the keyboard. We got into a little conversation, got some tea going. And I remember very explicitly me saying, is it, is it not like this everywhere? And you're like, Oh, Dana, no, it's <laughs> not like this everywhere. We had a, a great moment. We'd been in, uh, my first show together uh, at, as uh, My Fair Lady uh, used to come on and come buy me a drink um, when with the uh, court, Cockney Quartet. But um, my favorite memory is is that of Carrie and of Brandon was the first time you were at my house and you uh, after the after after show party, whatever. And you, you literally sat playing that Martin for a while. Um, the one that right over, right over there, um, and I was like so happy to have someone with your uh, command of of the instrument play that guitar. Um, it was a blessing to me to hear it. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, and I was reminded. Uh, I was reminded the other day. Um, I was looking through, you know, as you do. Uh, looking through some of those old uh, pictures that Alan Bryant is so awesome to put up for us. And uh, there was a video kind of wedged in the middle of it. And uh, I was just kind of reminded of that uh, 
the dance scene. And so my, I realized that my first dance partner at TTC was Carrie. So um, that I remember um, my, I have old man brain. Mandy will be the first person to tell you that I forget things um, pretty, pretty regularly. And uh, you know, I just go, I don't, I don't even remember being there. Um, but after kind of watching that video, I remember like we did this, we did this move or whatever, and then we just kind of came together. And I just every time Carrie's face would just light up, and uh, I looked. There were some, uh, there were several parts in that show that I looked forward to, but that uh, part was was definitely my favorite. Being able to, uh, you know, kind of find ourselves together, and your face just lights up, and that's just so awesome. Like that, and I, you know. I, I feel like you yeah. do that to everybody that you meet. You just uh, light up whenever they they uh, they come into the room. So that's awesome. And uh, you know, I talked about it earlier, Brandon, about how you uh, you know helped me uh, you know put together stuff for for kids at school. And um, you know, I you played uh, you you helped me with uh, one of my auditions too, right? Like you played uh, played guitar for one of my auditions. And so, I mean, you're just always out there to help, man. And I, I love that about y'all. And I'm so happy that you did not go back uh, to the great white North um, and uh, that you are here with us. And we hope that we can uh, find a way to keep you as long as we can, because we love you. And so happy that y'all came. I mean, y'all are like record breakers because Dana talked about y'all being like our first like official guest, um, but y'all were definitely the first performance on Diva Dads, and uh, you contributed to all of the stuff. Like it's just, just amazing. I don't know what we do without you, kids. It's awesome. Same. Um, we're gonna wrap up this portion of the show, but these two are gonna stick around. Um, we are gonna do a very quick version of Dear Daddy. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna limit it to one question. Um, because this has been just an incredible episode. Um, I do have one perfect question. And that perfect question is from theater company veteran, Corey Barron. So nice. Corey has been living in Houston for a while and we miss him oh so much. Um, he played King Arthur, he played a million roles. Um, we miss him very much. He would like to know, dear daddy, how do I get my beard to look so luscious? <laughs> Oh, I'm not one to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> Rodney, since it's your scale now, why don't you take the first part of that? You know, I the the really bad thing is I keep looking at it in the screen because I'm <laughs> I'm a little self-conscious. So I did cut it. Yeah, to give me points, but you know, it's got this weird curl right now, and the gray like accentuates it. No, anyway, um, the key to growing. Um, a big luscious beard is to not cut it. Oh, right. you not get split ends? Is that split. not a thing? No, uh, actually, uh, I did. Whenever it got like y'all have never seen it at full Rodney scale, like maybe if you Facebook stalk me a little bit, but like it was way down here. Um. I, whenever I did that, uh, I did create my own concoction of my own beard oil. Um, and I'll share the recipe on, uh, in the doodly do down in the, down in the thing you've got, it, it's, it's good. <laughs> Perfect. Like, and subscribe to our channel guys for your tips. <laughs> okay. <Not> notification. 
<laughs> uh, we're going to the next thing. We are going to do going to do our theater company photo of the day. Dana, you got it. You ready? You. Okay, good. I'm excited. I'm Here excited. I don't know what it is. He's doing this because I'm too slow. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, I'm excited. Oh my gosh. It's little oh, celebrity Roger Pine. Roger Pine. Roger Pine. So this is perfect because we debuted our segment of the Roger Pine breakdown today. And here's Roger Pine himself as Bert and Mary Poppins. Once again, another great photo by Alan Bryant. Yep. Um, this was an incredible show. Oh, yeah. Mary Poppins was played by Cassidy James, who I think is now um, in Florida still. I'm not sure. Um, she was fabulous. But one of my favorite things about this show is we got a fly system. So Mary Poppins could descend in with her umbrella. So she flew. Um, and then Roger as Bert flew. And if you've ever seen the original production of Disney's Mary Poppins, the chimney sweeps and Bert do these insane tap dances literally on the ceiling. And they're just tap dancing all over thanks to this incredible system. Um, obviously, we don't have that down in Bryan College Station, but we did have a fly system. Um, and Roger, Roger Pine is afraid of heights. <laughs> But Roger Pine took it like a champ and he sucked it up, put on his big girl panties and he went up in that thing every day without flinching. This guy did backflips and all sorts of stuff. I think I might even have like a little clip of him flying. Absolute champion, wonderful theater company, just absolutely essential person. Love you, Roger Pine. Very cool, that's awesome. Amazing. Come on, kid. Awesome. Love me some Roger Pine. Yeah. Rodney, you want to tell us what's next? Next is, oh, so in, uh, um, I, I don't know. I've been like super blessed. I know the other dads would to totally say this as well, that we have had some of the very best stage managers in the game. Okay. Um, our first show all together was My Fair Lady by Cat with Catherine. Um, and then I followed it up with Beth and then, and, and this one, this person, Jennifer Riley was one of the best stage managers for sure. She just followed in line of some of the best there is. And I love her to death. She started doing something on Facebook, uh, just fun fact of the week, uh, or day or something like that. She does a lot of them. And so I was like, you know, that would be a great thing for us to steal on David, David Ed. So I reached out to her. Uh, today, Thursday, and she what is, she came through in clutch just like she does. So here's Jennifer Riley, uh, one of the TTC's very own, uh, with her fun fact of the week. Hi, Diva Dads. I hope you're being especially Diva-ish today. I want to see those points rack up. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Jennifer Riley, and I have been with the theater company since early 2018. My first show was Camelot. However, I was not on stage. I was the assistant stage manager. I've actually not been on stage yet at the theater company, although I have been backstage help, lights, kind of all around volunteer wherever they need me. I've been delighted to be a part of the family. I don't have any whiskey with me today, but I do have some hard apple cider. I hope that that's okay. Uh, I know it's not whiskey. I'm actually here to share a fun fact. Uh, I am a huge fan of trivia facts and it's been my goal for this year to actually collect as many weird facts as I can. And one that I have found is actually related to theater. It is the origin of the phrase in the limelight, or as we also know it as, in the spotlight. So this actually has an origin that is a little literal. 
uh, in the limelight, limelight is also called calcium light. And in the 1820s, when electricity was a lot more like a darker yellow color, there wasn't really any bright lights. There was a man, I have to look up his name, I'm sorry, uh, Goldsworthy Gurney, what a name. Uh, in the 1820s, he invented this idea of burning hydrogen and oxygen into a, a very hot flame and then found if he added calcium lime, the stone, it would turn it very, very white. And so for theaters, this was really exciting because it was a very bright light and so you didn't need to have as many. And so you, the actors were literally in the limelight. So there you go, some science, some history, some theater culture, you gotta love it. Uh, I have loved the Diva Dads and I look forward to hearing much more about y'all's adventures and whatever other topics you find to talk about. Uh, thank you all for having me on. I appreciate it and I look forward to speaking with you all and hopefully very soon getting to see you all in person in 3D. Uh, but for now, stay home, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a wonderful rest of your Thursday. Bye. Jennifer Isn't she awesome? is oh, such a bright amazing. light of a human. She's just, oh, hello. <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> um, well, that's it for today's episode. Do you all have anything else you want to say before we transition into Dads After Dark? Uh, this was the second episode. Thank you. Longest so episode so far. And I think it was well worth it. Well oh worth goodness. it. So much. Here, here. Give me a harumph. Well worth it. Harumph, harumph. Harumph, harumph. I won't do that. <laughs> no, I didn't get a rump from that. <laughs> she is purring, though. And thank you guys for being here. We appreciate you blessing us with your music as well. You guys are amazing. Until we'll next week. Wait, we've got one thing. They've oh. got to tell us who our next oh. guest is going to be. Oh. So this is to you guys. We were we were going to talk about. We basically want to know who you want us to check in on. Who do you want to hear from next? Um, Roger Pine. I, yeah, I was gonna say Roger Pine. Okay, I'm glad that like I'm psychic and could read his mind. That's a great. Yeah. I'm pumped. Roger, Roger Pine, yeah. ready or not? Absolutely. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, hop on over Yay. to Diva Dads After Dark every Thursday evening, right after this recorded show. Thank you guys for watching again. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye you guys. Bye.